welcome to Guerrilla Discipleship. My name's Kevin Baker. Even the disciples asked Jesus, increase our faith. And uh, probably every single one of you listening this morning and, and every one of us know that um, there are times when our faith falters, where we wish we had better faith or we struggle with our own doubts. The truth is faith is essential to life, and it certainly is essential to life with God. The Bible tells us that without faith, it's impossible to please God, and faith is a critical component of disciple-making. Many of the people who are not engaged in helping others know Jesus and not fulfilling the Great Commission are struggling because they feel inadequate. They feel like they're not ready. They, they aren't sure that they have the right faith or the right knowledge. And so this morning, what I want to do is talk with you about how it is that we can have a faith that would move mountains. Now, Jesus said if we had faith as small as a mustard seed, that we could move mountains. And I think the truth is we're very confused about faith, especially in our culture. For many of us growing up in the church, faith really is about some intellectual assent to something. In other words, uh, I can sit in church and say that I believe God and that I have faith. I have faith that that God is real. I have faith that Jesus died on the cross. And we, we believe that we have faith, but then we, we turn around and wonder why our faith isn't more active or why our faith isn't accomplishing and leading, uh, accomplishing more things in our life and even leading us uh, in, in life. Let me tell you this. I believe you can believe something and not really believe it. Here's what I mean. You and I are taking a hike in the woods and there's a well, there's a fallen tree that's uh, covering a gorge. And I can look at you as my hiking partner and I can say, you know, I think that tree's solid enough to bear my weight. And I could walk over the gorge on that log. Now, if the gorge is a foot deep, then, you know, hey, no risk. And I might be willing to try it because, hey, even if I'm wrong, I'm not going to be hurt by falling a foot. But if that gorge is 100 feet deep, and I look at that log and I say, I believe that that can carry my weight. There's a difference between what I can say and think in my head and the putting of my very life on the line and stepping out into that, into that unknown, into that gorge of, of 100 feet deep gorge and walking across that log. You see, faith that is just a mental ascent requires very little risk. It's not risky to believe in those things. And so you and I need to understand that that faith has to be the kind of faith, and, and for it to be really biblical faith, it has to be the kind of faith that is willing to be what James calls complete. Many of us have an incomplete faith. It's not that we don't have enough faith, it's that we have an incomplete faith. James says that faith is incomplete when it's not backed up by or doesn't have a follow-through into action or obedience. You and I often talk about how much we believe. We believe that God is watching over us, and yet we scurry and work and worry to provide for ourselves because we really ultimately are confused about whether God will provide for us or whether we're supposed to basically provide for ourselves and trust God in that opportunity. The, the truth is that, uh, that we think that God helps those that help themselves. 
even though there's nothing biblical about that at all. So we work hard to have the life that we look forward to, and we strive and we strain and we exhaust ourselves, all with the idea that we're believing God. And by believing God, we're working hard. But really what we're doing is we're working to provide for ourselves. We're trusting more in our abilities. We think our education, our knowledge, our strategies, our strength, our our inside information is all going to be what God is going to use. And so we give God a little bit of a credit. Hey, like God, you know, look what you've done. The truth is we're counting on ourselves. We're not risking anything with God, but faith always is a bit of a risk, right? That's that's what makes faith faith. I can't see it. Hebrews defines faith as confidence in what I cannot see. It's confidence in what I'm hoping for. I hope that log is going to be able to carry my weight across that gorge. I'm so confident in it, even though I have no proof to back it up, that I put my life on the line for it. And so many of us have faith, but it's an incomplete faith. It's not worked itself out by by the obedience that would flow from that. For example, many of us would say that we're, we're saved by grace through our faith. We've trusted that Jesus died on the cross, that our faith in him is all that we need. And that's what we would say. It's intellectually what we believe. And yet, we, we really still go about our faith life as if it depends on works. We, we read our Bibles and go to church and are kind to people, somehow believing that that is also a, a, a contributor to our salvation. That's the wrong kind of faith. That's really just telling myself that God's covering over my mistakes, but it's not a trust in the, in the power of God, in the grace of God. Let me ask you this question. When you fail, when you realize you've sinned, you've missed the mark, what happens in those moments? Do you begin to doubt whether God loves you? Do you begin to doubt whether your salvation is assured? Are you beginning to back up and go, oh my gosh. You see, the truth is we can say we're living by faith, but the truth is we're counting on our own goodness. Faith that is really faith in the grace of God knows that no matter what good things I do, They have no effect on my salvation. And no matter how many bad things I do, how many failures I have, they have no basis on my salvation. You see, grace means that I'm getting what I don't deserve. It's not grace because I've been good and tried hard. It's grace because I can't be what God wants me to be on my own. And I trust completely that God is a good God, that he paid for all of the the price that it cost to get me to the place where I could receive life and be reconciled to him, not because of any good things I did, but because of the goodness of who he is. And I now live in that grace, and I live out of that grace, which means that my failures break my heart because I have perhaps disappointed my father but they don't begin to cause me to doubt my salvation or doubt God's love for me because God's love for me was never based on my efforts. Now, here's the thing, though. Faith must lead to obedience in order to be complete. James talked about 
a faith that needs to be complete. He said, in fact, he used Abraham as an example. He said, look at what happened in the life of our father Abraham. The, the scripture tells us that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. But Abraham believed God and that belief translated into actions, even the action of leaving a country that he knew that he was comfortable in, where his family was, and going to a place where God hadn't even told him. It translated into action when he actually offered up his son Isaac on the altar believing God so much that not understanding why or how God was going to work the details of this out, just believing that our God is able, and if whatever God invites us to, he so believed God that he put everything on the line. That's how we make our faith complete. And so we need to begin to ask ourselves, Do I have? it's not about how much faith I have. Again, mustard seed faith will move mountains. It's about, is my faith complete? Ask yourself this question, what do I really believe about God? Then ask yourself this follow-up, are my beliefs about God translating into actions? Has my faith in God's goodness resulted in my acting out in obedience? Now remember, we don't obey God to win his favor. We obey God because we believe in him. Our our obedience is not in order to earn something. Our obedience is out of love for God and out of a, a desire to continue to stay uh, in, in just a loving place with him. It, it's not, and maybe, maybe even that was worded uh, poorly, because I don't want you to get the impression that our obedience is how we keep in favor with God. Our obedience is our gracious response. It's a loving response to God's gracious promises to us. So that's what it means to have faithful obedience. It's, it's not an obedience based on trying to earn something or change God's mind. It is an obedience out of grace that like, oh my goodness, why would I not walk with God? Why would I not obey God? This is where life is, and I love this God. I don't, I don't do kind things for my wife. I don't, I don't uh, come home every night uh, and, and uh, bless my wife with uh, time together because I'm trying to make sure that she still loves me. I love being with her. I have no desire to be apart from her. And so my life's obedience, my life's actions are directed now out of a love for her, not out of a desire to keep her happy with me. I know this sometimes can be confusing, but if we're going to be disciple makers, if we're going to trust God, then when God says that we are to go and make disciples of all nations, and we can't say, I believe that and not act on it, our faith will be incomplete. It's a little bit like walking into the gym and saying, I really believe that exercising is going to strengthen my body, but never doing any exercises. You would ask this, yourself the question, do I really believe this? If I believed it, why am I not lifting weights or, or doing some other exercise that I believe will help me? If I really believe that changing my diet might be a part of my weight loss program, but I never change my diet, do I really believe that diet is what, if my diet has any control on weight loss? Or maybe I need to ask myself this question. 
do I really want to lose weight more than I want to eat whatever I want to eat? Which brings us back to making disciples and being faithful to God. Do I really want to live in fellowship with God and love God, or do I want to love myself and have God tag along to rescue me when I get in trouble or to uh, help me where I can't help myself? There's a big difference between asking God to be a partner with me and actually dying to myself and becoming a follower of Jesus. Jesus said that if I have faith in him, I will lay my life down for him because that's where life is. It's in surrendering who I am so that I can pick up the life that God is offering me. And that revolves around or it involves risk. It involves me saying, God, here it is. I'm going to trust you with my actions. So I want to encourage each one of us as we are striving in our own hearts to see what God has for us, as we're purposing purposing in our own lives to live faithful with God, if our faith is not translating into actions, it's like prayer. If I really believe in the power of prayer, well, then I'm going to be a person of prayer. If I really believe that prayer changes things, if I believe that prayer moves mountains, if I believe that, that prayer will affect the outcomes in my life and that God will move along the lines of my, my praying, then I will spend time praying. But if I say I believe in prayer, but I really rarely pray, the only time that I pray really is just tossing up some 911 prayers when I'm in a, a place that I feel caught in or I feel like I've exhausted all my strength. And really what I believe in is I believe in myself. I believe in this world around me. And I've kind of got this weird relationship thinking, well, God is sort of my insurance policy. I, I keep God around so that when I feel weak or when I am out of, of range or when the doctors can't help, well, I, I just throw something out to God and say, God, if you're real, help me. That's not faith, and that's why we don't see the power of God in our lives. We can't say we believe in prayer and pray so little every day. Because if I really believed in prayer, I would commit minutes, hours into saying, God, I'm not going to spend time working towards the solution of these things. I'm not going to worry and fret over my future or over my kids' future. I'm going to commit them to you and trust that when I pray, you answer. That's the life that Jesus lived. He only did what his father, what he saw his father doing. He lived in such fellowship with his father because of his faith that he saw kingdom work, kingdom power on earth, just like it is in heaven. If you want to have a life like that, then you've got to ask yourself, maybe moment by moment, what do I really believe? You and I have to test ourselves and say, Are my, is my faith really translating into obedience? Because if it's not translating into obedience, then I have an incomplete faith. And incomplete faith is really like having no faith at all. I'm so glad that you're a part of the Gorilla Disciple Making team. I'm so glad that you're here with us. Let's take just one step of faith today. Let's begin to put into action. Ask the Lord, where is it right now, God? What is it you're inviting me to believe today so that I can 
really have faith and begin to let my life conform to what I say I believe. I hope that you'll continue to let us know how we can help you. Uh, you can reach me at kbaker at oakdale.church. If there's any way that we can be of assistance to you in your disciple making and in your life with Jesus, we want so much. That's our whole goal here at Oakdale Church is to be a resource for you in living the life of faith that God has invited us all to. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.